Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Bless you. We pray for Dave as he comes to speak as well. And yeah, bless you, Dave. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Good to be together again as, as usual on Sunday morning. Let's continue to pray for, for Ian and for Tim. And, uh, and please, if you have any questions about it, please come and speak off the back of this. It would be important. I'm going to take um, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, let's, let's go through the next part. You know where we've been in our series. I'm not going to take, I'm going to flick through some of the, the slides that I have on the screen just for time's sake. But I'm um, oh, sorry, I've started a timer rather than... There we go. That would be a bleep going off in a while. Um, yeah, you know where we've been over the last while. I'm going to skip through some of the slides, but our series in presence, we're looking about how we intentionally position and posture ourselves towards the presence of God who always, always desires to make himself known to us. Um, we, we looked at that in different ways. We're, we're looking at disciplines at the moment. Remember, we're saying about how God desired to lead his people. I showed us a couple of weeks ago around the children of Israel, how they camped even around the tabernacle. But Jesus modeled out what that looked like in a disciplined life. You know, living into disciplines about how he engaged with the Father and listened to the Father. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've started to lead you some of the disciplines that we see embodied and lived out in the life of Jesus. This is what we're doing, how we can intentionally press into and experience more of the presence of God. Phil looked at space or margin, and last week looked at study. There was just one of the lines that Phil said that just really caught me, and I feel it's really important just to name it again, even as we look at this practice we're going to look at today of Sabbath. Um, today or last week Phil used this line let me skip through that but this line here he says what you believe really matters and, uh, and what he was trying to pull out with us you know often we've been brought up in culture and society where we just want to tell people how to behave <laughs> you know how to be good little boys and girls and how to behave well and even as Christians how do we behave in our lives and Phil said this you know that often with our behavior it becomes the main thing for people to hold on to and that our beliefs almost form out of this and it's back to front it should never be that way in fact, it should be that our beliefs, we need to be clear on what do we actually believe, what are we holding to in our lives, and our behavior needs to frame and form out of these, out of the beliefs that we see um, that, that we're holding to. And, uh, and so Phil, Phil was pressing in with us, and this is where I want to lead us, I guess, with this, because I realized this when it comes to Sabbath, when it comes to this idea of Sabbath rest, for many of you in your upbringing, perhaps you've never heard or thought about this before, but for many of you have been brought up, particularly here in Northern Ireland, where we know the good Christians in Northern Ireland, and brought up with our idea and understanding of Sabbath. More than anything, if we're being honest, we've, we've framed it around as things that we could or could not do. Our behavior, as Phil looked at last week, what are the things that you can't do on this day? To be a proper Christian... What are the things that you can't do? And yet the reality is there's a belief, there's an understanding that God wants to bring through the beauty of what Sabbath actually is for us to hold on to. And today, that's my prayer, that uh, in the short time that we have, that we just simply latch on to something that almost starts to frame a fresh desire for the beautiful practice and discipline of Sabbath in our lives. Um, before I do uh, talk about Sabbath, one thing I just want to mention, and this is really important, in the context that God speaks about Sabbath, this idea of Sabbath and rest, we all want to live it. We would love to live into that more, I'm sure, when you hear that word rest. Wouldn't that be great? 
and yet the context where God sets Sabbath. Today we're going to be, I'm going to in a few passages in the Old Testament, a few Bibles with you. For the first while we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, if you want to take your phones out. Um, but where, where God begins in this, where he sets it in the context of it, you know, where I can often frame is that, oh, the reason I can't get rest is because of my work. I hate my work. You'd hear people talk about this. And yet in the context where, where this is set, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15, it says this, and this is God speaking about Adam and Eve. And it says, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And God here in the context starts to frame that actually there's something healthy and good and life-giving about work when work is positioned in the right way, when it is life-giving in the right way, when there's the right proportion of it in your life. It's something that should be life-giving. The word for work here is the Hebrew word abad, and it means service. It's our service unto the Lord. It's our service for one another, and it's also this word abad is the also, is a word that's used for worship. I hear people say, I love to worship the Lord. <laughs> If we really love to worship, actually how we even worship is through our work. Paul would have said this, I think it was to the church in Colossae, we work at everything you do is unto the Lord. It's part of our worship. And God, the command that was given here was to work, but also through our work, there'd be something that could be life-giving to other people and to culture and to creation. And so the other command that was given here was to take care of what he had created with the work that we do, with the work of our hands, to take care of what God has created. The word here for take care of, another Hebrew word, shamar. I think that's how you pronounce it. But take care of means to cultivate, develop, or draw out something's potential. With the work that we do, with the work that we have, so there should be something so beautiful and life-giving. With it, Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller said this about work. Work is rearranging the raw material of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world in general and people in particular thrive and flourish. The work that we do should bring something so life-giving in this way. And so today when we talk about Sabbath and rest, and we're going to talk about how sometimes people just get caught in a habit of just overwork, to be honest. Today, I don't want to just almost frame it that work is bad. It's not. The Lord looked at what he had created and said that it was good. Work in itself was good. It can be something that's so life-giving when it's balanced and proportioned in the right way. And one of the things I want to say as well before I go into Sabbath, if you are out of work at the moment. I realize that for many people it can be because of really bad health issues that you have. But if you're out of work, I would just love us actually at the end, we have a prayer ministry team. I would love to actually pray for you, for the blessing of the Lord with work and provision for you in this way and in this season, that God would open doors for you in this season to step into a new measure of work. And that's our prayer for you because this in itself can be something that can be so life-giving for, for you and for other people through the work of your hands. And today, as I said, though, we're going to talk more about rest and about the principle of Sabbath. I've loved over the years talking about this, but when it's framed in the right way and again in the right proportion, work can be good. However, some people can be massively addicted to their work. <laughs> Some people of fails can often just overwork in that proportion. We chatted about this in life group, in our own life group during the week, and it was interesting just to hear some of the stories and feedback on this. And so God starts to speak into this. And one of the things that he does, even in creation, he models out and demonstrates to us patterns and behaviors that we can actually start to form in our lives. Genesis chapter 2, we looked at earlier. At the beginning of that chapter in Genesis chapter 2, this is where God introduces about the Sabbath. Genesis 2 verses 1 to 3, it says this. So 
the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work of his creation. God, as a father, remember, we say this time and time again, who desires us to live fully and freely. What he did in this moment is that he started to place these healthy boundaries into our lives that could see us bring it, be restored and renewed through the principle of Sabbath. But yet what happened was that off the back of this, and you know the reality of this, the next chapter, Genesis chapter 3, tells us how sin came into the world. Before it, God looked at what he created, even with the likes of work, and was saying, it's good. The next chapter, Genesis chapter 3, sin comes in and it just twists and distorts everything. And what we see is that even through the process of work, how people start to get abused, people start to get burned out, people start to, uh, to yeah, just lots of different strange intentions to start to come with it. We even see it with the people of God, the children of Israel. We see them being led away into captivity in Egypt and there they are held in slavery worked really hard, and the work that God had originally designed for them to have, suddenly this is the very thing that almost now is killing them and bringing so much hurt into their lives. And yet, God in this moment here, what we see is this godly principle that God is desiring to lay down to his people. Rest. There's rest that comes from it. You know the story of where it goes. Moses comes and he leads the children of Israel out of slavery. They're, they're no longer in Egypt. They're led free from it. But yet what happens, and this so often happens with us in our lives, while God desires you to live freely, often what can happen is we just live with a slave mindset and a slave mentality. Rather than living in freedom, even in our minds, what happened with the children of Israel? They were no longer slaves in Egypt, but yet they were still living with the slave mindset, even when it came to that area of work. And so God had to lay down laws that came with us. But this is why I wanted to show you this. And this is, so at the beginning of the year, I, I taught on tithing. And at that stage, I said, you know, what often happens, particularly when it comes to old, almost it feels like old language, like tithing and Sabbath, people almost try to justify the reason why they wouldn't do it or the reason why it no longer applies. And I hear people say things like, oh, well, that's just Old Testament language. That's Old Covenant language. And the reality is we're about to look and explore and examine some of the old covenant that was laid down by God to his people. But the reason why God had to give law was because he, as a father to his children, wanted to teach them and to lay it down in writing what was the way for them to live fully. But the way that they got to see it first was actually at the very beginning when there was no sin and everything was perfect. God lays down this principle. So before it becomes law, God gives this godly principle. The new covenant can never do away with anything that the old covenant never fully established in the first place. And so when it comes to Sabbath, it still applies. Everything we're going to learn today about rest and about Sabbath was something that God put down in creation for his people and for creation to experience. And so it still applies to us today. And that's why we want to lift that out and explore what, how do we live into it as a really healthy discipline to have in our lives. Let me see where we're going with this. So here we have in, in Exodus chapter 20, here we see the first law and command that was given in this in Sabbath. And this is what it says. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. And therefore, Lord, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This word Sabbath, the Hebrew word Sabbath, is, is uh, the Hebrew for the Shabbat. It means rest and a few other words that we're going to explore later on. Many of us have grown up in backgrounds where our understanding of Sabbath was just about the Sunday. And I still think Sunday is a good day to do it. I'll explain that way later on. But again, it was more out of things that you didn't do or you couldn't do. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, that's all that was framed around for me. What are the things that I'm not allowed to do on this day? Anyone else ever think about it in that way? On a Sunday, yeah. what are the things that you're not allowed to do? I remember growing up, we didn't watch TV. We didn't, uh, on a Sunday, we didn't shop on a Sunday. We didn't play sport on a Sunday. We probably didn't smile on a Sunday either. Um, I, I remember even one day being around to visit my cousin. I, told, I shared the story about three years ago. My cousin, Stephen, many of you know him. His, his nickname's Ralph. And, uh, and I was about seven or eight at the time. And I remember um, we were outside, as young boys do. We decided to play football, but it was a Sunday you don't play sports on a Sunday. And like we were just called, like, what, what are we going to do? We really want to, it's a Sunday, you know, you're not allowed to. And so we came up with this brainwave idea. We're going to play sports and then we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us, right? And, and we did, we had a really good game of football and then we had like a time of prayer outside together to pray for forgiveness for what was happening. We're just caught in this principle, again, back to what Phil was saying last week, we're just framing it all around our behavior. It's all the day had become to many people. Paul says this though in Colossae, so don't let anyone condemn you for, for what you eat or drink or do not, um, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come and Christ himself is that reality. See, it was never about a system. It was about a way of life in the beginning and it was pointing forward to another who was going to come, pointing forward to Jesus. But yet the truth of it, if we're being honest, for many people, it just feels that we live in a culture and a society where everybody just seems overworked. And framing at the beginning that work is a good thing, when it's done in the right way, in the right proportion. But yet many people, it just seems to be, we live in a culture and society where people are overworked is what you see in the screen. And what it ultimately leads to is just fatigue, fatigue of the body, where we don't get as much sleep, fatigue of the mind, where we don't have the capacity to absorb or process the information that we face, and fatigue of the soul as well, where we just don't have enough time with God. And this is where Sabbath was put into it. Sabbath in its most simplest understanding was just simply this 24-hour period that was given. And at the end, I'm going to talk with you about the importance of being flexible with that. Don't be legalistic with it, but it's important to be flexible with it so it doesn't rule you out of being able to practice this life-giving principle. Um, Rich Voluta says this, Sabbath is an invitation to a life that isn't dominated and distorted by overwork. And so what happens is in Exodus 20, God gives these directions, remember, to his people. This isn't like if you follow this, this is how to get into relationship with God. These were directions that were given to people already in relationship with God. And God gives us and he says, remember Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And he's saying, remember, remember how I created the world in six days I made everything and then I rested. But God is calling us 
as his people to do more than anything through this one command is simply this, to imitate him. Exodus 20 was all about imitation. What happened off the back, as I said, was there was, a, there was a new generation that come 40 years later. They're about to step into the promised land. And 40 years later, it brings us to Deuteronomy 5. The next time, God gives another command about Sabbath, a fresh generation. And yet with this generation, they've just watched and modeled out how their parents have behaved, how their parents have thought about work. Their parents who were once slaves in Egypt and are no longer slaves, but still lived with that mindset and that mentality all to do with work. This next generation were still caught in the same way. And so God tells them again. He says this in Deuteronomy 5, observe the Sabbath day. I and mean, just for time's sake, look at the bit that's underlined. And he says this, remember that you were slaves. He tries to tell his children, you're no longer slaves anymore. Why are you still acting and thinking in this way up even when it comes to the areas like of work? And so while Exodus 20 is about imitation, Deuteronomy 5 is about liberation. How do we live free? God says this to us. You're no longer slaves. Rick's just led us this morning in this language of what we've just worshipped about for freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are a free people, a liberated people in the spirit, but in our lives practically, there are things for us no longer to live with a slave mindset and mentality, and this is where we resist. We resist what society will tell us to do, and we resist what the enemy plans would be through principles and disciplines, the likes of Sabbath. It's a choice for us. It's a gift for us, but something for us to hold on to. And so just really practically, I just want to unpack just briefly, just some things just about Sabbath, just for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to just talk through the practicalities of how I've tried to practice it in my life, all right? And then we're going to pray. We're going to get our teas and coffees. Does that sound all right? Sabbath. This is the first thing we need to know. Sabbath is not something you simply do after working hard, right? This is, and I hear people say, you know, I'm, I'm the sort of person that's just work, 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 and then I'll, like, I'll have a holiday, right? It's not what it's about. Sabbath is not something you do after working hard. Actually, what we see in the creation order of things, firstly, it says this. If you read like your, your Genesis 1, where it talks about the first six days of creation, it'll say this. An evening and morning came, and it was day one. An evening and morning came, and it was day two. What God actually even sets as a basic principle is this, that your day needs ordered and structured in this way. What's your evening like? What's your sleep like? Like, you know what, practically, a day begins when? At midnight. A new day actually begins in, at midnight. So what's your sleep patterns? Like, this is one of the things I've had to be really ruthless about, again, even in my own life. I've realized that one of the things that easily distracts my sleep is what Ian even just took out of his pocket and showed us is my phone. And how I've tried to justify it is I need my phone in my room because it's how I set an alarm. Garbage. It's not... And so what happens is, like, I, when I'm lying and I can't sleep at night, my phones are, and I just end up just scrolling absolute junk and garbage that I'm allowing into my soul. And when I wake in the morning, when the alarm goes off, man, there's, there's, there's messages, and I skip to them, and sometimes then you end up maybe for another 20 minutes on Instagram just scrolling. I don't know if anyone else ever does that. And so what I've had to do is I just want to be ruthless, and so my phone no longer goes in my room. I charge it downstairs. I've got like an alarm clock, like something out of Noah's Ark, right? But it's an ancient one. That's got, it's got nothing else other than a buzzer that just beeps really loudly. And it's all I need. 
because I just realized that the nighttime is important for me and my rest. And yet even when it comes to this idea of our Sabbath, and this is important to grasp, remember what happened was that as God created the world, there was the six days of creation. And what happened in day six is that he takes Adam and Eve and he gives them this delegated responsibility and authority to work that we just looked at earlier. And you can imagine Adam as he goes to sleep in day six, he's like, this is amazing. Look at all these things that God's leading us into. Work, wow, we can't wait to get at it. And yet as he wakes and as they wake the next day, the first thing that, they, that God teaches them to experience is not work, but it's Sabbath. So they're created in day six. God gives them this mandate and yet they wake up and the first thing that he has to teach them to do is to rest. Because it's out of our rest that we work. It's not the other way. And so with it, we just need to understand the order and the priority of the Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. Just one quote, just briefly in this. Rich Valutis again says, we are often so used to producing that we forget to be present. The Sabbath then is a day of presence. This is why we're doing this. This is our series. A day of being present to God, present to others, present to creation, and present to ourselves. What's going on in our souls, being attentive to us. It's a day of presence. And finally, Sabbath pointed forward. It was the shadow of the one who would ultimately bring full rest. It spoke about Jesus. Jesus came, Matthew 11, and said this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. <laughs> It's his desire for us, and it always has been. Practically, here's some of the different things just to understand in the last few minutes. Like many of you are in life groups, and it's been brilliant in this season that in life groups we've been able to unpack. We've been going through a study on Sabbath. We've intentionally done it. It was one of the disciplines for us to unpack. And it's been beautiful just hearing some of the conversations and being, being able to join in both in my life group but with friends as well as we start to explore and understand and embody this in many people's lives. It's been great. And so that word, abad, that I talked about earlier, one of the meanings for it is rest. Actually, in our series in life group, we've looked at some of the other meanings of this word to do with worship. And here's some of the words, stop, rest, delight. And worship, and we've been exploring what are some of the, the beautiful things that come with us. You see, the simple way of Sabbathing, firstly, is a choice to stop. <laughs> with everything that's going on in the busyness of our lives, it's learning to be a people that learn the principle of stopping. <laughs> stopping what we're doing. Stopping in these moments. And the second thing that we see with this, I've meant to say this, sorry, when it comes to stopping, imagine this. So like to be able to Sabbath, many people just get caught in like the pay lots of money for these big health programs and all these different things they invest the money into. You don't have to pay anything to Sabbath. You just need to stop. You simply just need to stop. And we need to be a people that can rest. It said this in the practice of you were listening to it in life group. Sabbath is a practice from the way of Jesus by which we war against the restlessness of our age and instead take on the easy yoke of Jesus, our rabbi, and find rest for our souls. It's ultimately what he desires to lead us into. And so Sabbath, stop, rest, delight. We get to delight in him. It's a day of being present and delight in him and with others. And we get to worship and be part of it. It was interesting, John Mark Comer said this week again, the first two, he says, often on Sabbath, we focus it around the things that you don't do rather than the things that you do do. <laughs> right? and, uh, and so what we see actually with this, so stop and rest, there are things where we're stopping, we're being intentional, but there's certain things that we get to engage with 
and to step into that are life-giving for us. And this is the beauty of what Sabbath is about. Practically, and this is where I just want to just leave you just with your own thoughts on this. Practically, what can it mean for you? Listen, this is not some ancient thing that is done and has stopped. I want you to hear this from creation. This has always been there and this will always be here as a desire of God for us that we as a people will know what it is to Sabbath and to rest. What does it mean for you to increasingly step into that? Many people won't do it because they think, well, I couldn't do that perfect. And because of perfectionism, it just robs them from the joy of this. What are some of the ways that you can intentionally begin to step into it even in your life? And so when it comes to it, so for me, for the likes of a Sabbath, I have a slide at the very end. You know, this is why I'm saying to be fluid with it. For me growing up, it was always about a Sunday. I do think that a Sunday is a good day to be doing a Sabbath practice, by the way, because what it means you're able to do it is you're able to do it in culture and community with one another. You can frame it as part of our worship and our celebration together. Sunday's a really busy day for me, right? It's a really busy day for Rick. It's a really busy day for Phil, right? For many other people, even with your work, some people will be working tonight and it's a hard thing. All I'm saying, my understanding of Sabbath is that it's a 24-hour period that I'm intentionally positioning at some point in my week where I'm stopping and I'm trying to live into some of these things. Here's some of my simple practice of Sabbath. So Friday, I practice it on a Friday evening to Saturday evening. That's how I've always done it. I'm going to explain why in a little while. We haven't done it for a while, but we're back and doing it again. Uh, Friday evening to Saturday evening is when we do it. And it's, this is where I just get extra time and space for my own soul to breathe and my time with God. I try to get that as much as I can during the week. But in this day, I'm getting an increased amount, and I love it. It's one of the most life-giving things for me. I spend time with my family, so like, I, like it's just practical. So here's, I'm not saying for you to repeat this, right? You don't have to go to football with Josiah, right? But for me, right, so with my son, I go and I hang out with him. We drive, and I love just that time, just that it's the intentional part of it. We hang out with friends. We're intentional just to maybe try and place some um, meals together with friends on those nights. Like, if you, you've been listening to the series and Life Groups, John Mark Comer's his own way of doing it, it just feels like a million times more super duper than what I'm explaining, right? So go and listen to all of that. But this is what it is for me. At the minute, I eat food with friends, Saturday breakfast, like we, we go to the parks or cinema, just time of family and friends. It's time just to play together and to rest together as a family. It's a time that's really intentional for us. And the thing that I love about it is my family are aware of it. I'm actually aware that when Rose was seven years old, she actually told me off for working on my Sabbath. I lifted my computer and she said, Daddy, what are you doing? It's your Sabbath. And like my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter was scolding me in this moment because she becomes so used to it. But can I, can I be honest? I am standing here today and I'm back Sabbathing again and I absolutely love it. But for the last two years or so, like, you know that my health hasn't been amazing over this last year. There's different things that have been going on. But if I'm being honest, one of the things that I realized that has been lacking in my life has been Sabbath. We've moved house over the last couple of years. And so we were with Debbie and Lindsay and Akali. We were with Laura's mom and dad. And I could use all sorts of excuses about living with your in-laws. It doesn't allow you to Sabbath. Whatever it might be. For the last two years, we just haven't. And I said this to Laura. It's like, is there any wonder, you know, for the last two years when the very thing that was so life-giving for us, that was restoring our souls and we haven't done it. And I'm now standing at the end of these two years and I'm absolutely busted. <laughs> because the principle that's there, this God-given principle is there for us to take hold of. John Mark Comer says this, you can skip the Sabbath, it's not sin, it's just stupid. The point is that there is a way the creator set creation up to thrive, a way that God set you up to thrive. 
And when we Sabbath, we tap into God's rhythm for human flourishing. Through these principles and through these disciplines, this is how he restores your soul. Weekly. You don't have to wait like to get away on your holiday this year for that to happen. Weekly, it's available if you would be intentional. Practically, on Sabbath, prepare for it. Whatever it might mean, ask yourself, what could Sabbath look like for you if you were to start doing this? You need to prepare for it to try and mean that you can be done with as much work on that day or that time as you can, so prepare for it. Be intentional about it, so talk with other people about it who will hold you accountable, but be intentional. And finally, I would say this, be flexible. The last thing you want to do is to allow just legalism to rob you of this. Be flexible. And so for me and for us, I'm telling you it's Friday to Saturday, but there's some weeks that that won't work. So the conversation we always used to have was, right, well, when this week are we Sabbathing? We're flexible. We're not just saying it has to happen on a Sunday. Right? This is where religiosity just robs you of the life that God has for you through his life-giving disciplines in your life. And my, my challenge to you and my encouragement to you is pray for this for yourself. I'm going to ask the, the prayer ministry guys who are going to come. Uh, we're, we're done now. This is us done. Uh, but I want you to stand with me, can you? There's going to be some of the prayer ministry guys that are at the front. Grania, would you come and... Grania's going to come and do some keys for us just in a second. And some of the guys are going to be at the back as well. But just as we leave today, I just want to intentionally encourage you in this week and in this day, I would ask you to pray and ask the Lord, God, how could I step into this myself? I need you to hear this is available for you. This discipline of Sabbath, this beautiful life-giving discipline of Sabbath is available for you. I've Sabbathed over this weekend yesterday and it was so beautiful. It was so life-giving and again, being able to do it with my kids, it was class being able to do it. It's available for you in your life. But what, what are some of the steps for you? And I would love for you just 30 seconds. I would love for you, let's just close our eyes, can we? I would love for you just as we close our eyes why don't you ask Holy Spirit to speak to you what are some of the ways that you can intentionally start to embed this gift into your life this gift that will allow you to, to be more intentional with the Father to experience the life that He has and the fullness that He has for you what are some of those ways look like What does it look like for you and your family? For you to be able to step into in this season? I would, um, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to close. But the, the prayer ministry guys that are here, in a couple of different ways, if they're available here, obviously they're available every week if there's any prayer that you need. If there's anything you would love someone to pray and stand with you, they're available here today. The word that I gave earlier, particularly with regards to work, if you're out of work at the moment and it's your heart's desire that you would love something, we would just love to stand with you and pray for you. We would love to pray an openness and a release of that over your life in this season. And so we would love you to be able to come 
there was a word that was given as well for healing, particularly around an area of an Achilles heel, um, where there's an yeah, there was just a, there was a, this was affecting you with an Achilles heel injury. If that's you, we would love to pray for you this morning. And if it's even that God, I desire something, just God, I desire to get this space and this rhythm in my life, but I don't know how. We would love to just pray for you as well, and to pray wisdom and life into this. So as we close. Father, we are your children. God, we delight ourselves in seeing from Scripture, God, how you created the world so perfect. Father, as you looked at what you had created in work and in rest, you looked at it and you said, it was good. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be intentional, God, to be a people who would step into that goodness in our lives the goodness that you always created and always desired. God, I pray that we would take hold of it. God, would increase in ways. God, I pray, Lord, for boldness, God, in our lives. God, I pray for intentionality, God, in our spirits, God, this week. Lord, to give ourselves to you. God, I just pray, Lord, that even as we leave today, Holy Spirit, would you begin to just whisper now. I pray that you just in a personal way would take hold, God, of each life in this room. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we boundary, God, our time, God, as we order, God, our week, God, as we order, God, even our work patterns, I just pray, Lord, that you would just bring life and healing and rest and vitality, God, to our beings and our spirits. We welcome you, God, and we just thank you for your love for us, Father. Thank you for the gift of Sabbath. And just help us now to use it, God, for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.